1: The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannuzas.
0: Sure. So when I talk about my career, I kind of always hear that one line from the Beatles song, The Long and Winding Road, right, playing in my head. My first job out of college was as a school picture photographer and as a territory sales rep. And so I kind of grew up in sales. So I I sort of fell into leading sales training programs almost by accident. Uh, Mm. I joke sometimes that uh, I got into sales training because I can write a complete sentence. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I earned a degree in English. One of the things that happened after doing some sales training was I moved into program management uh, during a period of major consolidation in the wireless telecom industry. So we went through six mergers and acquisitions in 18 months in the company that I was working for, and I was a program manager in that environment. After that, I shifted back into sales operations and marketing roles, where I really remained focused on learning and development and uh, enablement. I've really only been in HR for the past six years or so.
2: Right. Right, right. Okay. And so how did you actually get into leadership, into leadership itself?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the M&A work that I did as a program manager, um, it was incredibly rewarding. I never wanted to to be a people manager, right? I, I loved doing the, uh, the program management, the relationship management. You know, I saw the, the thing I saw during that experience, though, was that the effects that good leaders could have, on their teams and on culture and on developing you know, other people in an M and A environment, there's always so many heightened emotions and and so much conflict. I really saw how good managers were able to navigate that, and unfortunately, I also saw the reverse. So, you know, when an opportunity came up to build a team of my own, sort of from the ground up, uh, I really left it that chance, and I've never looked back. I've had a oh. I've had a great time managing teams and and developing other people
2: yeah isn't it awesome um to, you know to experience that especially the merger and acquisition side of things and that but then the other side is people right and mm-hmm. for me, it sounds like from your you know from what you're sharing so far is there's that passion to work with people, build relationships and that but then the other side Life will be so much simpler without people as well, I think, and um, <laughs> and with a lot of leaders, you know, today, they, they do struggle, and a lot of them, you know, sort of, as I said, go from email to email, meeting to meeting, they do struggle, and they're overwhelmed, and they come across as really quite cranky or don't look mm-hmm. after the people very well at all. Um, yeah, so it's interesting to see that. Hey, Rebecca, in your in the introduction I, I, I did for you, there is what we talk about your passion, including diversity, equity, and inclusion, and so forth. How important is diversity?
0: I think it is. It, it is absolutely critical. It, you know, the the leadership is changing is the title of your podcast, and I think the the ways that leadership is changing are really being driven by what's happening in the world today. Around division, uh, equity, inclusion, and the, the recognition that uh, the world isn't what it should be in a lot of those areas. I have a, a special needs daughter who's on the autism spectrum, and I, I look at the experiences around neurodiversity in particular. You know, we, we tend to think about race, ethnicity, Gender, gender identity, hmm. sexual or orientation, orientation—sort of those as the the main categories of diversity. And you know, I've really come to understand neurodiversity is a huge part of that. One of the really interesting things uh, that happened to me recently: I was in a class and I was sitting with a, a group of people who were talking about diversity in their in their group. And you know, one gentleman said, "I I grew up in in San Jose. I you know started work at a, a Silicon Valley company. You know, I sit around." A table like this and it's nothing but diversity right in in the group that he was in he said right. but from a thought perspective all of the people at that table whether they were asian black whatever they went to stanford harvard yale there was no diversity of thought Right, because they all came from very similar life experiences and I thought that was a really interesting perspective to bring to the table because if you if you just think about diversity diversity in terms of gender or ethnicity you're missing a huge piece of that uh
2: that spectrum right okay and so what 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 do you think companies should do to sort of pick up the rest of that spectrum? What, what, what else should they do?
0: Yeah, so I think there's a, a few key things that they can do that, that a lot of companies are already doing in terms of hiring, right? Not just looking for talent from specific colleges or universities, not just looking for male or female talent, really trying to, to bring in a, a broad uh, group and broad representation, from the, the broader uh, community. The other thing that I think is on leaders less than it is on companies mm-hmm. is to push themselves to have diverse teams, right? right? I, and diversity in, in many forms, not just mm-hmm. ethnicity or gender, right? And, you know, there's studies that show that that sort of diversity is, um, it, it doesn't feel good because you're not, in a, um, you're not in an environment where people are like you. Right? right. And so it always feels like the work is harder, but the outcomes are better. Right. Mm. And so mm. I think I think leaders have an obligation to to really think about who is it that I'm putting on this project team or who is it that I'm bringing to my own team? And what are the different perspectives that they will bring that will right. help us be better? So Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I think it'd be a rich experience for both uh, the individuals, but also for the leaders as well. By the sounds <laughs> of it, if they if they do go down that track and and think about things a little bit more, but I mean that's probably a novel idea, probably for a lot of leaders, is to take time out to think. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be pretty cool for them to do that.
0: Yeah, because there's there's such a like bias uh, in leadership, right? If you if you have a team of people and you know you have a project that needs to get done, you tend to hand it off to the people who are like you because you you have a higher degree of trust that they're going (laughs) to get the job done. And I think we have to take a step back from that as leaders and say, okay, is this project something that I would struggle with? If so, then handing it to somebody who would handle it like I would is probably not the right solution.
2: <laughs> no, probably get right? the same result. Yeah,
0: I would, they would probably get the same result. They would probably have the same frustrations that I would have. Right. So really thinking about the problem and who is the best suited person to solve that problem. If I need somebody who's deeply analytical because it's a deeply analytical problem, I'm not going to pick somebody like me. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And do you you think it's uh, for a leader to be able to go and do that? Uh, That's quite bold and they'll have to have courage sometimes to be able to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm.
0: And they have to know their teams, right? If you don't know your team and you don't know the strengths of the people on your team or even the strengths of people outside of your team that you could bring in, you're going to fail, right? You have to know your people and their strengths,
2: there you go, leaders there's the challenge you've got to know your team you've got to know others outside of your team and their strengths and bring that into your team and or even to projects initiatives and things like that but you know be bold have the courage to be able to go out and do that which is
1: wonderful and what rebecca is sharing here with us today yeah, a little bit about my background. So I um I love business. That's that's my thing. I really do love business. Grew up in a in a family um where business wasn't the thing. Uh it was uh going and um you know, getting a job and doing that sort of stuff. But I, I always had a passion. I, I saw my uncles or no, my, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, they owned farms and uh, they worked really hard and, and, you know, were very successful. Uh, and then, you know, I went to school and I didn't really enjoy school, um, <laughs> but I didn't mind hard work because I'd go to the farms and I'd work hard. Uh, and my dad, he was in a one job for 47 years at the freezing works and, um, And uh, so, yeah, I I didn't really see, I wasn't really around business people at all, but as soon as I got into sales and marketing, I kind of saw that there was another way, another way forward. And uh, really, you know, went to school, I went to school to eat my lunch and play cricket, Uh, and (laughs) I wasn't really a good reader, you know, I kind of didn't understand why. Ah, uh, you had to read certain books that I couldn't even pronounce. Pronounce the words like the, you know, some of the Shakespeare stuff and some of the, you know, Animal Farm and all this sort of stuff. So I didn't read a lot, and my life kind of changed when I was in. I was actually in London. I was working for a guy who uh, had a building company where me and my friend Dean had made him a lot of money, and he invited us to come to Spain for the for the Christmas holidays. And he said, I remember him. He said, "Look, we're going to go to the bookstore and." Um, we'll get some books because, you know, like there's obviously a number of things to do, but, you know, probably want to read a book. And I was like, Sonny, there's no way I'm reading a book. And he went to, we went to the bookstore anyway. And he, he said something that changed my life. And it was like, Scott, look, you can choose any book you want to read. And, mm. you know, all, all through my schooling career and all that sort of stuff, it was, I was told what to read. Right. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but as a business owner, I don't you know, like being told what to do all the time, um, yep. but it made a profound difference, and, and, I, and it was really interesting. I wasn't really into basketball at all, but my, all my mates had played basketball, but I saw this book by Dennis Rodman, uh, As Bad As I Want to Be, and he played for the Bulls, and he was kind of like, the, I guess, the, the guy that was different, um, and I read this book, and it just opened my eyes to another world that was out there and how you could actually educate yourself on on everything that you wanted just by reading books and that led my passion for reading books and got me into sales and marketing got me to where I am today and you know just I think you know I think uh you know Sonny for that time he really did change my life he probably didn't even know that but it but it really has made a significant difference <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's an interesting way of, that you're putting it because uh, for a lot of leaders today, whether they they are they're an entrepreneur, they have their own business, or they're in a large corporate, whatever it is, what we say and what we do does have impact on people and has impact on people for life. And so I think you know the example you talked about there with sunny and and giving you that sort of feedback or helping you and encouraging you it was it was really quite cool.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It
2: opened up another world, that's for sure, right? That's nice. Yeah, cool. Hey, have you? um, How
1: did you get into leadership? How did you get into that whole space Um, of? So back in the day when I I left, I was working for a large corporate, and I I was actually looking after a group of uh, resellers throughout New Zealand, and you know, sort of managing groups of people. They were business owners themselves, but then I sort of wanted to start my own own business. And the interesting thing is, when I started my own business, I, I actually never really wanted to have any team members (laughs) Mm. and it was kind of like I was going to do this by myself and in my first business that's what I did and I grew that but then I realized as I got into my second business there was no way it was going to grow without having people on board and 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 so that was a big shift for me Mm. like to get into the actual you know having other people around because um you know and, and and now like I wouldn't be have it any other way right but at the time it was like you know I didn't really want to do anything with people, um, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Life will be so much simpler without people, hey? Um. Yeah. I, I do really enjoy it now, though. Like, it's it's a mm. complete, you know, complete turnaround. I wouldn't have it any other way. And, but that's definitely how I got into it. And, and I had a search engine optimization business. Uh, we were doing a lot of stuff with Google. And, you know, we were hiring people. Really smart people, you know, and we just had to hire them and then let them leave them to it, you know, which was challenging to say the least at sometimes, you know.
2: Yeah, and you're right. I mean, and that's what we said in your introduction, right? Hire the best people you can find and then yeah. get out of their way. And I think <laughs> totally. that's getting it, getting out of their way is a big thing, right? Because we can get in their way and we have to definitely get out of their way for sure. Hey, Scott, who's your favourite leader? Now, this person could be alive or from history. Who's your favourite leader and why?
1: I love – like uh, Jim Rohn was a real leader for me, and, and I really – the reason I loved it was his philosophies were so simple. Work harder on yourself than you do in your job. You know, it was like that's something that really sung to me, you know, like work harder on yourself. Um, don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better you know and and so he he like he has led me over the years never met him personally but have met him you know through my ears and, and through the written book he was something he was someone that really led me and what i liked about what he was talking about is he 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 talked about things and gave stories and examples and metaphors and i yep. i really i really like his thinking um and how he would challenge um you uh, and I think that's as a leader, that's one of your jobs is to challenge people as well. Um, so yeah, Jim Rohn for me would be be someone who, who really stood out. Um, I, I still to this day love listening to him, you know. I love the way
2: he speaks, huh? And yeah. um, and then his voice and and the way he says things towards the end of a sentence—it's really yeah, of polite. course, of
1: course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, tremendous. Because, yeah. because he, he his mindset, and I think as a leader, that's something that you should be sharpening as much as you can. You know, um, yes. you know your mindset and bringing what you bring to the game. So yeah, Jim Rowe, world class.